Whenever I'm asked to pick a superpower, I always pick teleporting. Because if I could do that, I'd never get another speeding ticket. A good story takes us on a journey. It reminds us of where we've been and shows us where we could go. A good story makes us feel and inspires us to act. Welcome to the Good Story Podcast, where everyday stories that make you laugh, cry, or feel slightly uncomfortable will leave you inspired as Kirsten King tells true stories and teaches truth. I don't know what kind of groups you hang out with, but with my job and all, I'm often asked to answer some sort of odd introduction or icebreaker question. For example, most recently I was asked, what's the weirdest thing you ever ate? So that they could use this information as part of my introduction. You know, like, here's Kirsten, she's eaten a fish head. Other times I've been asked, if you could be any animal, what would you be? Or what's your most embarrassing moment? Or if you could travel anywhere, where would you like to go? One of the most common questions used in this setting, or at other times as an icebreaker question, is if you could have any superpower, what would it be? I've thought about this a lot. Being invisible would be cool, but it would just make me feel uncomfortable. I'd want to let people know I was here. I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Don't say anything. Flying? Absolutely not. I'm afraid of heights. I like seeing birds as I look up in the sky or in a tree or in a cage, but I wouldn't necessarily want to run into any. I'd also feel a little uncomfortable having superhuman strength. I can't really even think of lots of opportunities I'd use it even, like when would I need to pick up my car? Besides with my car, I drive a two-door Fiat. I could probably grab a friend and move it. Opening jars, I mean, it'd be helpful, but definitely would be underutilization of a superpower. So instead, I always say I'd love to have the ability to teleport. I always clarify that I wouldn't have to use it. Like sometimes I want to enjoy the journey, but mostly I just want to get from point A to point B ASAP. Not having this superpower has gotten me into trouble on a number of occasions. I'm actually not exactly even sure how many, but there have been many. You see, if I could teleport, I wouldn't need to speed. Ma'am, you're going 40 and a 30. Ma'am, 70 and a 55. <gasps> Sir, I'm so sorry. I thought it was 65. To which he responded, so why were you going 70? Which was a valid question. Ma'am, you were going 32 and a 30. That one kind of irritated me. Probably, well, the second most irritating one. Actually, the third most irritating one. The second most irritating happened just a couple of years ago. I was exactly, I was running exactly on time from my house to church. I have that thing figured out so perfectly. And then there was an extra stoplight, one that is never, never, never red, but it was that day. And so because of that, I was running a little late, not super late, but a little late. I made a right turn from a road that had a speed limit of 50 to a short stretch of road. It's like maybe a half a mile or so that I need to drive on until I turn left and am less than a block from my church. So after this right turn, after I'm off of the 50 mile an hour road, I'm driving up this half mile and I notice my friend's car coming toward me going the opposite way. I thought, well, that's kind of weird. I thought she was going to be at the same thing I was at church, but whatever. 
Then I watched in my rearview mirror, she did a U-turn, which I also thought seemed a little weird. But then I thought, well, maybe she forgot she had to do this thing at church. She was going pretty fast. It seemed like she was trying to catch up with me. I assumed, oh, she's probably going to pull up next to me at church and tell me whatever it is that was like so pressing. What I didn't think was that as I would make my left turn toward church, she would stop me by flashing a red and blue light like a cop. That kind of took me by surprise. But I pulled over, instinctively stopped on the road, literally, literally, correctly used, a stone's throw away from the church's front door. I glanced in my rearview mirror to see if she was coming toward me. She wasn't, but someone else certainly was. Someone in a uniform, (laughs) someone approaching with a determined look on his face and a clipboard in his hand. And as I, he approached my door, I opened my window. I handed him my driver's license and proof of insurance. He asked me, where are you going in such a hurry? I pointed to the church. I was like, there, I actually work there. He looked at me nodded slowly and said, huh, I don't know what that meant, but that's just what happened. I waited to be spoken to again. He asked me, do you have any idea how fast you were going on County Road C right there? I told him, I really don't. And I added, you know, I actually thought you were my friend. I think she has a car just like yours. Isn't that weird? He didn't seem to think that was weird. He just went on to ask me, do you know what the speed limit is on that road? I stopped and I thought for a minute and I was coming up blank. I'm like, okay, I know the road before I was on was 50. I know the road I'm on right now is 30, but I could not for the life of me figure out what this other road was. I was like, oh, I don't want to guess too high. I don't want to guess too low. So I went with the truth. Always a good idea. I don't know. I really don't know. He did think that that was weird. Apparently he repeated the question thinking I must have misunderstood him the first time around. He said, while he's looking at my driver's license, tapping on it, you mean to tell me that you live here, kept tapping, and you work there, and he pointed to the church, and you probably drive this way multiple times a week, but you really can't tell me what the speed limit is on that road? I looked at him, and I was like, yeah, I know. I know it's probably really hard to believe, but I really don't know. I mean, I could take a guess, but it's just going to be a guess. And he walked away, back to his car with my license. As he was looking me up on his computer to see if I had any outstanding warrants or if I stole my car or something, I saw cars driving past me, turning into the church parking lot. Also my friend in the lookalike car. I discreetly was trying to wave at some of my friends going by so that they would know I was coming, but I had just gotten delayed. I prayed. I asked the Lord for forgiveness and leniency. I got forgiveness and a speeding ticket. As the officer handed it to me, he said, for future reference, the speed limit is 35 on that road and you were going 45, so low it down. I took the ticket and said, good to know, thanks, as I drove the remaining 50 feet to the parking lot. So that was the second most irritating, most irritating speeding ticket I ever got years earlier. I was at my house cooking. I was baking pies and making side dishes. Thanksgiving was like around the corner and I was at home frantically getting ready for out of town company that was going to be coming in later that evening. I knew I had a really limited time to get my to-do list done. And like usual, I was in a hurry. I knew I was going to have a really quick turnaround between when my kids came home from school, when our company arrived and the time we needed to get to church at night. 
I looked up at the clock at one point and thought, oh, I have just enough time to get one more thing done before I was expecting the last two kids to come home. I started, then the phone rang. It was my daughter. I answered it and I heard her ask, mom, are you coming to pick me up? I was like, no, your brother's supposed to give you a ride. I told you guys that this morning. And as I was saying it, I paused for a second and realized, I think I just thought that earlier in the day and meant to tell them that plan, but I never did. At any rate, I was like, try to find him, run around the school, find him someplace. He's got to be there somewhere. It just doesn't work for me to come right now. She called back shortly afterward. I can't find him and we're going to be late if you can't pick me up soon. And I knew this to be true, even though I didn't want it to be so. So I just was like, okay, fine. I'll pick you up at the athletic doors. I'll be there as soon as I can possibly get there. I ran out the door, jumped in my car, sped out of my driveway, down my street, took a quick right, sped down that street, took a left again, and started driving on my least favorite road. It was a road in our town with three different speed limits on it, depending on where you were on this little couple mile stretch. I decided I'm just going to go with the upper limit until I went over the railroad tracks. So then I heard this, and I felt my car jump a little. I'm like, whoa, this is a little too fast. I did a little self-check. I started to slow down, but not soon enough. The flashing red and blue light behind me let me know I'd made a bad decision. Dang it. I pulled over, reached for my license and registration. The officer, officer, <laughs> the officer came to the passenger window. I reached across my car, across the front seat, and I unrolled it. I didn't have power windows in my Ford Focus. He told me, hmm, seems like you're pretty quick with your license and registration. I wonder if you're stopped pretty often. I decided to just keep quiet and let him figure that out on his own when he went back to his car, which he did. I sat in my seat. I watched car after car after car coming toward me, slow down, and then pass me on by. I saw youth group kids. I saw a few of their parents. I saw our neighbor. (laughs) And then just over the crest of the hill, I saw a familiar grill. I saw the grill of a 1965 blue Ford truck. It was the truck my sons drove. I saw this truck coming over the hill way too fast. I shook my head and thought he should slow down. I could tell when he put on his brakes. I assumed he must have seen the blue and red flashing lights in the distance, which he had. He also saw a red Ford Focus. He wondered about it. He got closer and slower. The blue truck almost came to a stop. I sat in my driver's seat looking to my left. He was driving toward me and looking to his left as well. His friend was in the passenger seat where I thought it was a great place for my daughter to have been. My son pointed. He laughed and he laughed and he laughed. And I could read his lips as he said to his friend, Ah, that's my mom. He flashed me a little rock on sign. He laughed some more and he went on by. The officer approached. He gave me a ticket. He told me, you know, just also so you know, it's not illegal to drive without your shoes on, but it's not advised. He told me I shouldn't be in such a hurry next time and allow a little more time for my commute so I wouldn't feel this need to speed. He told me to have a good day, and he left. I said, you too, but I didn't really mean it. (laughs) I rolled up my window, slowly made my way back into traffic. My blinker was on. My hands were at 10 and 2. I looked over my shoulder twice. I accelerated so slowly I could have balanced a glass of water on my hood. I drove away, irritated. Ugh, why does a cop just sit there waiting for someone to speed? Why couldn't my kids figure out their own riding situation? Why did the cop have to mention my shoes if that wasn't even illegal? 
Why couldn't the Department of Transportation figure out how to put a normal speed limit on a road? Why? Why, why, why? I knew the answers to all these questions. The cop was there because he was ensuring the safety of the hundreds of high school students who travel that road every day at that time. My kids couldn't figure out the riding situation because every day their schedules were different and they usually drove themselves, but that day just didn't work out. The cop mentioned my shoes because apparently driving barefoot makes your feet slip more easily and accidents could happen that way. I don't really know the answer to the Department of Transportation deal, but that one's probably pretty peripheral anyway. The question I didn't ask myself that day until later was, why was I speeding? And maybe even more importantly, why when I'm doing something wrong, am I not quick to take responsibility for my own actions when I'm quick to do the wrong thing? Why am I hesitant to consider my ways? And why am I always in such a hurry? This reminds me of a couple of verses from Psalm 119. Psalm 119, 59 and 60 says, I have considered my ways and have turned my steps to your statutes. I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands. Hmm, interesting. I have to consider my ways and make sure that the direction I'm going is based on an agenda that is greater than my own. My steps need to be directed according to God's statutes. According to these verses, I can hasten and not delay. I love that idea, hastening, not delaying. But my hastening needs to be well-directed. My not delaying needs to be in obedience to someone else. I was more like, I've reacted to my circumstances. I have turned my steps to some quick plan. I'm going to hasten and delay to do what I have determined is right. Clearly, this verse doesn't relate merely to driving, right? What does it mean to consider our ways? As we think, plan, make decisions, make judgments regarding our ways, regarding our course of life, our journey, or the direction we're taking, we need to be careful that they are in line with God's statutes, His Word, what His Word says to be true. My plans need to be submitted to God's Word. The psalmist says that. He says he's brought his course of life before the Lord, and he's making sure that it lines up with what God says. I need to do this. I need to make sure that what I'm doing is in the way that God would have me do it. I need to do it daily. So do you. <laughs> if we're thinking 10 years into the future or 10 minutes from now, our ways should be in the direction that God leads. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 calls that acknowledging God. It says that if we acknowledge God, if we trust in him and don't rely on what we think we know, what we want to do, and in all our ways acknowledge God, he is going to direct our steps. Then once we know, once we know where these steps lead, we can hasten and delay. So what, what are you considering? Are you making judgments about your near future or your way off? Are you facing a decision today? I want to encourage each one of us to bring these before the Lord. Be certain that what we do lines up with his word and then move forward on this journey with God, trusting him to continue to direct our paths. The good news is that when we do this, we can hasten and not delay. We can run, not walk along the path that God has planned for us. 
We can be confident knowing that as we're obeying God's commands, our path will be well lit. It will fit us perfectly. It will be a path of righteousness, which we will live for his name's sake. I like that we can hasten and not delay. I like that we can run full tilt following after God's commands. And I'm so grateful the Lord has given us his word to direct our journey. Lord, today, for those who are contemplating a big decision, please give them wisdom. Lord, for those who maybe feel stuck in a rut, like they're spinning their wheels, would you give them direction and joy to their journey? Would you give us opportunity to be in your word, to hear your word, to soak in your word, and to hasten and not delay to obey it? Lord, for those who might be speeding along a dangerous path, oblivious to maybe, or maybe stiff-arming your commands, would you please give them protection and give them conviction? Lord, for those who are confused, please bring clarity. For each one of us, Lord, we ask, because we can, that you direct our paths. And then when we know that path is clear, when you have made it so clear to us what the right thing is to do, let us hasten and not delay. Let us run after you, serving you with all we've got. Thank you, Lord, that you can do these things. Thank you that you can empower us to do them. It's in your name we pray. Amen.